With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. LeBron James throughout his basketball career has needed a marital counselor more than he has needed a GM or a coach for any of his teams. It is unprecedented the amount of drama that surrounds whichever team he is on. He's the walking sports talk radio meme. Everything that he does seems designed for a sporting soap opera. The latest turn in as LeBron turns in days of our LeBrons, whatever you want to call it, is the firing yesterday of GM David Griffin at the Cleveland Cavaliers, along with his subordinate, literally three days before the draft and just about, uh, whatever it is, 10 or 12 days before free agency negotiations officially begin, while reportedly he was in the middle of trying to work a trade to get Butler from the Bulls to the Cavs while all of the attention was on the move potentially that could have been made to try and bring Paul George to the Cavs. LeBron James last night, about six hours ago, tweeted for only the second time in the last two months, and he tweeted this, if no one appreciated you, Griff, I did, and hopefully all the people of Cleveland. Thanks for what you did for the team for three years. We got us one championship. And the reports are, who knows if they are true or not, that LeBron was not consulted before Dan Gilbert, the owner of the Cleveland Cavaliers, made the move to fire the GM and his top subordinate. What in the world is going on here? Now, if you're just kind of assessing the overall landscape, LeBron James has one more year with Cleveland. And I think it's hard to even figure out what exactly is going on here 
as free agency season moves closer and closer. Now, I think on its most basic level, there is a lot of trepidation in Cleveland right now over the fact that they got whipped as soundly as they did by the Warriors. They lost that series 4-1, to one, and their only win came when they were already down 3-0, and they played one of the best offensive games in the history of the NBA. That's how good they had to be to beat the Warriors. The other three games uh, that were played in Golden State were not really that close. And ultimately, they gave up one game, game three, where the Warriors scored the final 11 points of the, uh, of the contest. But really, I think this is all a response to how badly they were beaten by the Warriors. I think the Cavs were stunned. Their brain trust was stunned all the way from the owner through LeBron James and everybody else at the ease with which the Warriors dispatched them. And so I think everything that's happened since then has been sort of like a slow motion train coming off the tracks. Or if you're back in the day and you watch the Polar Express, I always like uh, the the metaphor there. Remember in the Polar Express, anybody else watch the Polar Express where my kids have watched it so many times, where you have the scene where the train goes across the ice and it's skittering and it's going sideways and everything else. That's a little bit like LeBron's trajectory in general in the NBA. It doesn't quite capsize. The train doesn't on the ice, spoiler alert. But it feels like it's going to at every moment that possibly exists. Whether it was the first tenure with the Cavs, when all the rumors about Delonte West sleeping with LeBron James's mom kind of took over right before LeBron. Remember that story? Right before LeBron left and went to Miami. Whether it was bumping Spolstra in Miami, the mysterious disappearing act in the finals against the Dallas Mavericks, whether it was the decision to eventually come back to Cleveland, David Blatt getting fired, Ty Lue coming in. LeBron James, for better or worse, is effectively the best player in the NBA, but also the head coach of his team and the GM. What does it say about the NBA itself that Ty Lue, who still appears to actually have never said or done anything, right? I would love to know the difference in the Cavs' schedule if LeBron just fired Ty Lue and took over as player coach of the Cavs. Would there be any difference whatsoever in terms of the overall performance of the Cavs? And obviously, what does the GM matter if you can fire him three days before the draft while he is knee-deep, neck-deep, whatever you want to say, in negotiations to try to make your team better. I think a lot of what the disconnect here has to be, and I, I've seen this reported a couple of different places, but I'm not 100% sure because I don't think anybody knows for certain, between the owner and the GM and LeBron here, is over what, do you, what are the Cavs going to do? What, what, are the, what is the play for the Cavs? It seems like LeBron is going to leave after next year. And if you believe that is likely to happen, the question you have to ask yourself is, what can you do this year to try to find a way to win a championship? If you are the Cavs, the Warriors, there's reports that Andre Iguodala may get a lot of money. Okay, so maybe he's going to leave. That'll hurt the Warriors some, but they can probably go out and find one more little piece there. In general, the Warriors are going to be a massive favorite. In fact... 
and this is this is something that I think is getting not enough attention given how extraordinary it is. Right now, odds makers, both offshore and in Las Vegas, have pegged the Warriors as between minus two hundred and minus three hundred to win the NBA title next year. How prohibitive of a favorite of that is that in the preseason? Never in the history of odds making has there been a bigger favorite right now in the NBA, Major League Baseball, the NHL, or the NFL, the four major pro sports in our country. Never has there been a more major preseason favorite in all four of those sports than what the Golden State Warriors are for next season in the NBA. The Golden State Warriors are going to win the 2018 NBA championship, barring unexpected outcomes. So what can the Warriors do right now? I think it's fair to say that if they just come back with the same team, Kevin Love, LeBron James, and Kyrie Irving are not good enough to get it done. So is Jimmy Butler an addition that makes sense? Is Paul George? Is there anything the Cleveland Cavaliers can do, given the salary caps constraints that they are in and the amount of luxury tax that they are paying that can be done to contend with the Warriors? I think the answer is no. I don't think there's anything the Cavs can do. But the challenge here is, if you don't do anything, then effectively you're going to lose LeBron James at the end of the year. And I think the tough decision that the Cavs have to make is, you've got Kyrie Irving and you've got Kevin Love lined up for the next several years with their contracts. So if you keep both those guys and you lose LeBron but are able to go out and find somebody else at a high salary to replace him, you're still a high-level team in the Eastern Conference. You're not championship caliber, but you're still pretty good. The challenge that you've got is if you make a trade for Paul George, for instance, and you pair him with LeBron James and with either Kyrie Irving or Kevin Love, then you probably lose both of those guys at the end of the year. And then your team falls back into lottery contention because you only have one good player under contract, even if you can go out and find somebody else. I find this entire situation to be an utter mess. And again, I circle back around saying, with LeBron James, this always seems to happen. This drama seems to follow him everywhere. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weeknights at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Here's the other question I have. Have the Cavs become so toxic? This may be crazy. Have the Cavs, has the Cavs situation become so toxic that you have to consider putting LeBron James on the trading block? I haven't heard anybody talk about this at all. But if you are convinced that LeBron James is not going to re-up with you after next year, why is nobody talking about the idea of the Cavs moving LeBron James? Now, LeBron James would obviously be involved in any decision that was made about his trade. He's the guy. He's the GM. Why has no one else even mentioned this? Like, the assumption seems to be that LeBron James is going to be back next year and then he's going to leave. If you know that's the case, why isn't everybody saying the same thing that they're saying about Paul George? You better get something for him now. Is the idea being that Cleveland has already gotten enough from LeBron James? 
so they would be perfectly fine with the best player in the world just walking right out on them again next year? You have him under contract for a year. What would LeBron James be worth on the trade market right now? If you have Kevin Love and you have Kyrie Irving, why could it? I don't know. Does LeBron James have, I'm assuming he does in his contract, the ability to okay every trade? Why don't you have to consider the idea of moving LeBron James if you are the Cavs? Is that a ridiculous question to ask? I mean, if you don't think that you can put together a team that's going to beat the Warriors this coming year, is there a benefit to going to the NBA Finals and getting swept or beaten in five games again? Why not trade? Like, what could you get for LeBron James? You could get some incredible talent, right? If you think that LeBron is not going to re-up with you and he's just going to walk right out when he has his player option next year, shouldn't you be considering potentially moving LeBron? Jason Martin, have you heard anybody else discuss this? Like, the logic is the exact same. If you believe Uh, that Paul George is going to leave the Pacers and the expectation is, well, the Pacers better get something for him before he just walks away scot-free and the Pacers become a much worse team, isn't LeBron going to do the same thing to the Cavs next year? I don't think he's going to leave, first of all. You think he's going to re-up with Cleveland? I do. I absolutely do. I think that... There's part there will be a decent deal there, a really good deal actually, and there may be some stipulation as to potential ownership in the future because it's something he wants to do. He wants to follow in Michael Jordan's footsteps. He wants to follow in Magic Johnson's footsteps. I think that could keep him there. I I have never felt like he was going to leave Cleveland because I don't know where there's a better situation for him anyway. I think that 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 changes things, but the fact that he has a no trade clause. He's not going to know. Like, if he makes this decision, I don't think it's going to come like it did with Paul George, first of all. I honestly, whether or not you think that this is a bogus move on his part or not, I don't think he's going to tell anybody ahead of time. If he decides he's going to leave, it's just going to happen. It's going to be a Kevin Durant situation. So they're going to have to infer, even if they didn't have the no trade clause, they're going to have to infer whether or not LeBron James is going to leave because he's not going to tell them. I I honestly believe that. But again, I'm sticking with my guns. I don't think he's going anywhere. I think he's going to re-up. I think he's going to try to put players around Here's the problem with that. Here's the problem with that theory. If LeBron re-ups, he's basically saying, I'm never going to win another championship. I see. I don't buy, I don't buy that. I, I don't think the Warriors are going to win for a decade, Clay. Like, I mean, no, but he's going to be, gonna but you, you, you're, you're operating under the assumption that LeBron James has many years left of being an elite level player. He's going to turn 33 next year. I'm At not sure some he's playing point, in five years. Okay. Well, I think that's fair. So, okay. So I think LeBron's window is like three years. I think he, if he's going to be the best player in the league, and be able to win his team a championship in three years, maybe even too much, because he's going to be 33, 34, and 35. I'll give him to 35. By the age of 36, I think LeBron James is going to be the downside of his career. So as you look at the team that he has right now, if his goal is to win a championship, I don't think he can win a championship in Cleveland unless, again, the Warriors have some sort of injury over the next couple of years. Right? I mean, so if he's staying in Cleveland, what he's basically deciding is, I'm going to finish my career here, and I just don't buy into that being necessarily the decision that he's well, going to make. think about the other situations around the league. Where exactly is he going he's going to have a better chance to win than, he, than in Cleveland? Where he I mean, can I, get to the finals basically every year and have a puncher's chance honestly, at the very worst. Honestly, I know everybody's talking about how LeBron James is going to try to make max dollars. 
I'm wondering whether after next year, he's going to be interested in going. We're going to talk about this philosophy. We're about to go out and finish the first hour. I'll open up the phone lines, 877-996-6369. I'll tell you exactly what advice I would give LeBron James if I was representing him right now. I will tell you what I would say if I was sitting down with him. I'm his agent. I'm trying to sketch out the final few years of his career. What makes the most sense? I haven't heard anybody talking about this. I'll tell you exactly what I believe LeBron James should do to finish his career. We come back to start hour two. I think it's a smart strategic move. I think it's one that will appeal to LeBron James from a business perspective. I'll tell you what the king should do, and we'll continue to unpack the mess that is the NBA. Up next on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. If I were advising LeBron James right now, here's what I would tell him. He's going to turn 33 years old this year. To me, winning a championship this year is off the table. The Warriors, assuming they stay healthy, are the most prohibitive favorite in the history of American team sports. Vegas doesn't get stories like this wrong very often. So I think the only way the Warriors don't win a title is if they have substantial injury issues. They just went 16-1 and in the postseason. I think even if they lose Iguodala, even if they're not as strong of a team next year, their top inner core is going to get better playing together. Remember, this is their first year all integrating Kevin Durant into the flow of that offense. They are going to be better this coming year in terms of being able to take it to the next level than they were this year. So if I'm advising LeBron James, I'm already advising him to start thinking about his post-playing career. And he's got one year left on his deal with the Cavs, and then he can opt out and go anywhere in the NBA. He will be 33 this next year, which means that in theory, the next year he has a real chance to win a championship, he'll be 34. There are two ways that you can buy a team. One, you make so much money that you're just able to go out and pay whatever you need to in order to become the owner of an NBA franchise. That is an example of what Steve Ballmer did. And frankly, what most guys who end up buying into the NBA have done. They've made so much money that instead of going out and spending that money on a yacht or going out and spending that money on a big painting that they hang on the wall, they buy an NBA franchise. The thing you have to think about when you talk about franchise values in pro sports is it's more of art than it is a business. Okay, that will make some sense. Now, none of us, I imagine there's not a single billionaire listening to this show right now. Maybe there is. If so, you can call in and tell us what life as a billionaire is like. So we're speculating a little bit. But my experience has been that billionaires get insanely rich because they make a big bet and they're right. They take a big risk and they're right. And in order to become a billionaire, you have to look at the overall marketplace and find a way for your business to succeed. And that doesn't really work so much in sports because owning a professional sports franchise is like owning a piece of art. And the reason why I use that as an example is, think about how often, if you know anything about high-priced art, and I'm not an art guy, but I'm fascinated by the market for high-priced art. When they put a, a huge different object up for auction, nobody knows how much a piece of art is going to sell for. How many people are going to pay $200 million for this new Van Gogh painting? The answer is nobody really knows. 
because it gets down to the ego of billionaires. What are they willing to pay? Because by and large, when you buy a piece of art, you know the number of people who can pay $200 million for a piece of art are small. That's a small subset. And you don't know who's going to raise that paddle at the auction. How much of a bidding war is going to break out? Well, that's kind of how it happens with pro sports franchises as well, right? So, what I wonder if I'm LeBron James is, one, I'm not going to be the guy who's so rich that he can pay whatever he needs to in order to buy a pro sports franchise. As much money as LeBron James is going to make in his career, and he might make a billion dollars, he's not going to have the kind of money that a tech billionaire is going to have. He's not ever going to have Jeff Bezos' money. Founder of Amazon, about to be the richest man in the world. He's not going to have Steve Ballmer money, the guy who just bought the Clippers. If it comes down to dollars and cents, LeBron James is never going to be the guy sitting at the table who has the most money. So if I'm advising LeBron James strategically, what I'm saying is, you want to be an NBA owner, right? Answer is yes. Then in this next contract, what you need to do is find an owner who's agreeing to sell the team to you when your career is over. Even if that might not be the best team, finish your career in a way that allows you to end up having a substantial stake in the team. And if you really want to get creative with this, there's two ways to get an NBA team. One is you have so much money that you just keep putting more money on the table and eventually somebody says, okay, I will sell. That's market-based capitalism at its most basic level. Everything has a price. What what did the million-dollar man say? That exact thing, right? Every single thing has a price. I'm of the believer, I'm of the belief that every single thing right now in the world has a price. Everybody driving to work right now, I think if you were paid enough money, you would do a porno movie. That's my theory. Now, some people say, oh, I would never do that. I disagree. I think eventually if somebody said, here is a billion dollars in cash, all I'm asking you to do is have sex on camera for a billion dollars, eventually everybody would find that price. I'm not sure what the price is. It might be really high. But I believe that every person in America has a porn price. Will you do something that is legal for money? I think every single person eventually, the market-based economy tells us that eventually – Everything is priceable. So if you're rich, you can come out and you can say, whatever money you need, I will buy an NBA team from you. LeBron James is never going to be that kind of rich. So what's the second way you get an NBA team? Sweetheart deal. I find somebody. Now, this is banned under the NBA. And it's banned under Major League Baseball. And it's banned in the NHL. And it's banned in in every pro sport. Because owners have always been afraid of players having too much power over their business because the owner doesn't have the talent. The only thing the owner has is the money, the purse strings. Somebody out there would sell LeBron James a team. I don't know who the team is, but somebody would do it. And here's what I think is fascinating. Everybody's talking about how LeBron James is going to get the Larry Bird exemption. He's going to make so much money. He's going to opt out new NBA contract deals coming open, everything else. What if LeBron James took the league minimum? I haven't heard anybody ask this question. What if LeBron James looked around the league, found an owner who has he can have a sweetheart deal with, took a low salary, 
instead of maxing out and asking for $35 million and created his own super team as a result of taking a lot less money and then through a backdoor deal that would not be disclosed, that owner agreed to basically give him back the max dollars that he was losing in a sweetheart deal to buy into the team. Why would that not make the most sense for LeBron James going forward? Let me explain. Let's say LeBron James at the end of next year has three good years left in the NBA. Even four. Let's say he has four years, five years, whatever he's going to try to sign for. What if LeBron James said, I'll sign for $5 million a year over five years because I want to be able to go out and get several max contract guys to play with me to win another couple of championships before my career is over. Let's say he signs a five-year deal. That's probably too long, but let's say he does it. Five years, $25 million. Well, what's he actually worth on the open market under the NBA deals? Let's say he's worth $35 million. That means that he'd be leaving $150 million on the table. That sounds like a lot of money. But when you're talking about buying an NBA franchise, it's not necessarily that much. So what's to stop LeBron James from a secret handshake agreement with an NBA owner that he will take a lot less money under his new deal in order to free up the money to go sign another max contract player or two? And then get that money back when he invests in the team when his career is over. Because you can't be a player owner right now under NBA rules. So what would stop LeBron from a secret handshake, maybe even a signed agreement with his lawyer that's a non-disclosure agreement that violates NBA rules? How are you going to assess? Again, I'm circling back around to the fact that an NBA franchise is like an artwork. It's like a piece of art hanging on the wall. There's a limited number of people who can buy it. Therefore, the dollars that are paid for an NBA franchise are more likely to be art-like than they are business-like. In other words, you're not paying a, like, we're not saying out, oh, you're going to pay eight times whatever the earning value is, right? There's not a legitimate business directive that can justify what you're paying. Great example is Steve Ballmer when he bought the Clippers. Every business person who looked at this deal said this is a disaster of a business deal. There's no way he's going to make his money back putting parking $2.1 billion into this business. Well, that's why he's not trying to make his money back. It's about joining an exclusive club. It's about being rich and deciding that you want that piece of artwork. That's what a team is. It's a piece of artwork that you're hanging on the wall. A team in pro sports is just a piece of art by another name. So how could you catch LeBron James and whichever owner he's agreeing to here in this secret deal? If I were advising LeBron James, I know your goal, LeBron, is to own a team. Instead of trying to make more money, which is what the max contract would do, you're never going to make enough money to be the guy who can sit down at the table and say, whatever the cost is, I'm buying the team. But you can be the guy who sells what you have that's more valuable, go to another team, take less money, win a couple of championships, and then in whichever market you're in where the guy will sell you the team, then you buy into the team at a reduced rate and get back all the money you would have earned if you had signed a max contract deal. 
Tell me why that isn't genius. We'll take your calls. I'll bring in the crew next. Tell me why my plan for LeBron James, if I'm advising him, is not absolute genius. If your goal, again, keep in mind, when you bring in somebody, his goal is to win a championship. His goal may be to win a championship. Certainly his goal is to buy a team. How could you combine those in a hell of a blockbuster business deal for LeBron James? My theory, take less money. Don't try and max your contract out. Win a championship. Surround yourself with incredible talent. Make a super team. And then buy into that super team at a reduced rate based on your decision. It may bend the NBA rules, but I think it makes total sense. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 